Please turn to the Gospel of Luke. The Lord introduced me to a woman in the last few days whom I love. And I want to be like her. And I want you to be like her. And he has, interest, he has introduced me to a man whom I despise. And I want you to despise him with me. And if you'll look at chapter 7, I'd like to read a few verses to you. Verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him, that is the Lord Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom the he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, <clears throat> hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. <clears throat> Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Amen. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? 
And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Amen. amen and amen. This is the woman that God has introduced me to in the last few days and the man. The woman was a great sinner. The man was Simon the Pharisee. We're going to come to the Lord's table in a few minutes. And the Lord Jesus Christ is here among us. Knowing the thoughts and intents of your heart and the thoughts and intents of my heart. And we can all be spread along a line from the woman to Simon the Pharisee. There are those like Simon the Pharisee in this assembly. There are those like the woman in this assembly. Where do you fall? Who in their heart loves the Lord Jesus Christ like this woman? Who in their heart is so careless about their lives and so disrespectful to the Lord of glory that you think your life is something, that you don't need forgiveness? that you're a lesser debtor than the woman. I say on the authority of God's word, Simon the Pharisee was a greater debtor than the woman. Self-righteousness is far worse than debauchery as a prostitute. It only appears so to men. Jesus wasn't saying that the woman was ten times more guilty than Simon. Jesus was saying Simon considered himself ten times better than the woman. We have the Lord's Supper, and we want to partake of it properly, appreciating the forgiveness of sins. You claim to be a Christian. You'll meet the Lord Jesus Christ soon. Do you love Him worthy of the forgiveness He has purchased for you? Jesus is a friend of sinners. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. As we look at Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50, and I could give you its context, and its context does have some value, but not for today. Not for me today. This is not necessarily Mary Magdalene. All the evidence is against it being Mary Magdalene. It's another woman that was in Galilee, not in Bethany, where Mary was. It was not Mary of Lazarus either. Those who fear God and love God and love the Lord Jesus Christ should not need very much emotional encouragement to think upon the woman and to be like her because they tremble before the words of God and the word of God worketh effectually in you that believe. So I am asking the Holy Spirit and I'm asking you to tremble before the Word of God and read these words and consider the circumstances that the Lord Jesus Christ brought to bear in this man's house as he exalted a woman that was a sinner in that city and he put down that man who thought he was something and didn't need the forgiveness and couldn't even give the Lord Jesus Christ the common courtesy of a kiss or ointment, or water for his feet when he entered his house. We will come to the Lord's table in a few minutes, and the Lord Jesus is among us. He walks among his golden candlesticks, 
and He observes every one and He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. And I want us to be, every one of us, like the woman. Let me tell you a little bit about her. It starts with Simon the Pharisee inviting Jesus for a meal. Simon did not love the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He didn't even show him the common courtesy of another good Pharisee. He doubts whether the man's even a prophet, if you read, if you followed along with me, because of the way in which he accepted the adoration from the woman. How many attend church like Simon hosted Jesus? How many attend this church for the formality or for the ritual or for the duty or for the image that you have to keep up like Simon the Pharisee? How many of you are like Simon the Pharisee? Jesus accepted the invitation of the unbeliever to eat a meal in the man's house, but in his infinite wisdom, what a story he gave us by the events that unfolded there. He did not lower himself or stoop himself to Simon's level because our Lord Jesus Christ will never stoop to the level of a Pharisee or someone who thinks they're something when they're nothing, as the Bible says. But he will come down to those that are sinners. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. Her reputation was a public sinner. There is every reason to believe that she was a prostitute. So that Simon would think within his heart, why doesn't this man who thinks or claims he's a prophet understand what manner of woman this is? She's a sinner. She was likely a Gentile used for that trade in this particular city. So she was publicly known as a sinner. But she comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as she knew where Jesus was, that's where she wanted to be. When she found out that not enclosed in a great crowd milling around him, but in a house where she could go and possibly find one-on-one time with him for his proper adoration to adore him, for his proper adoration and her thankfulness for being forgiven, she went. And so it tells us that in the 37th verse. And she took with her an alabaster box of ointment. That is a clear, white, chemically derived box built even in those days for containing their perfumes and ointments. We don't need to worry about that. It doesn't matter. It was costly. She had been in the business that used ointments. She knew what good ointment was. And she brought good ointment to go seek out the Lord Jesus Christ in a house. We come to the 38th verse. And she stood at his feet behind him, weeping. You can stand behind someone's feet in the times of the Bible because they ate in a reclining position, not in a sitting position like we do. You can discover that in the book of Esther further. She stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. This sinner, which all of you are, and I am, and the wise ones are all great sinners. 
the wise ones like Saul of Tarsus or the Apostle Paul would say, of whom I am chief. We want to be like this woman. She came very humbly, approaching from behind, and she didn't look at Jesus' face. She wasn't worthy to look Him in the face. She could treat Jesus' feet from behind Him. She was a maidservant of the Lord. She wept due to the fact that she was near her Lord and Savior and the lover of her sinful soul. While it's true that tears can be faked, it's also true that real emotion usually produces them. Though forgiven, in the presence of her Savior, she had fresh pangs of her conscience about her sins. It's important right here, since I haven't stated it, that the woman was already forgiven and already knew she was forgiven. And the reason she had come with the alabaster box of ointment was not to be forgiven, but to give thanks for being forgiven. And the Lord at the end, in His two statements to her, was just to reassure her in the same way that we love reassurance when we've been forgiven. Even though we know we've been forgiven, we love further assurance of that fact. It is good for us to remember our sins, to honor our Savior, to inflame our passions. I want you to consider this woman and the great change in her ambition and conduct, though she used some of the tools of her former trade. She had boldly approached men's faces as an impudent whore. Thou hast a a whore's forehead. Thou refusest to be ashamed. Real women get ashamed and do not approach men straight on. They are shame-faced. This woman had been an impudent whore, but she comes up behind the Lord Jesus Christ. She is not worthy to look Him in the face. She had decorated her eyes to seduce, like Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 25 describes, and like Isaiah 3 describes, wanton eyes. But now her eyes were fountain of tears. She had blotted tears away in the past to hide them. Now she used them as two streams to wash his feet. She had painted her face to be sensually perfect, but now it was streaked with tears. She had meticulously plaited her hair for attraction. Now she used it as a towel. She had kissed men for financial gain, but now for great humility, love, and adoration. She kissed his feet, unworthy to kiss his mouth, cheek, or hand, as being somewhat of an equal to Him. He was her Savior. She had anointed herself to please men's noses, but now she anointed Him instead. Her appearance, which was once her greatest asset, she knew Jesus didn't care about because He was looking upon her heart. She gave what she was best at what had been her downfall, 
but now she gave it in absolutely perfect, spotless purity to the Lord of glory at his feet. I love this woman. I want to be more like her. I want you to be more like her with me. I despise the man I have to read about. And whenever I see or whenever I hear someone talking or conducting themselves like they think they are something, they're just like Simon the Pharisee. You're going to rot in this world and the next. There is no place for you in the kingdom of heaven. Humble yourself. We are all sinners. We are all debtors. I do not want to waste very much time on him. I want to come to the little lesson that the Lord gave Simon. Simon, there was a creditor, and he had two debtors. One owed 500 pence and the other 50. The creditor is Almighty God. The 500 pence debtor is the woman by perception, by reputation, in the city, in Simon's mind. The 50 pence debtor is Simon, the self-righteous, the religious types, the I don't care types, the I'm good enough types, the I'm nothing like their types, I'm better than them types. Measure yourself any way you wish in light of these two verses. You come up short because you can't pay a farthing. You're a debtor and you have nothing to pay. It says in verse 42, and when they had nothing to pay, the woman couldn't pay the 500 pence. Simon couldn't pay the 50 because the 550 are just parabolic representations of us paying God for our sins and we cannot. And when they had nothing to pay, so the precious blood of Christ was spilt. And we get to be on this side of the cross. She was looking forward to the cross with a little bit of the gospel from John the Baptist and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We have it in its fullest measure. We even have the mysteries of the Gentiles brought to us by Paul. She was forgiven. She was coming to thank him. The whole lesson of these 15 verses is those who have been forgiven much, love much. They don't love in order to be forgiven. They love because they have been forgiven. Their love is the effect of their forgiveness, not the cause of their forgiveness. Do not ever lose that reading through these 15 verses. There are some phrases or clauses where you might think by the position of the words that the woman obtained forgiveness by her love, but the whole lesson is she had already been forgiven. This woman was obviously born again, and I don't want to get off into the five phases lest I distract you. I want to stay right with what we have here. Practical forgiveness by repentance for a person's sins and then going to the Lord to seek more assurance and reassurance from Him that we're forgiven. She came to the Lord to thank Him. And she was not disappointed. He defended her in front of Him. And He told her twice that she was forgiven. 
that her faith had saved her in this practical aspect of salvation and she could go in peace. Because sometimes we're not at peace about the forgiveness that we do believe by faith. And yet He is able to give peace. He is able to fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15, 13. And when they had nothing to pay, He frankly forgave them both. He frankly forgave them both. Frankly is a wonderful word. Do you know what it means? Listen to the meaning of the word frankly. Freely. Unrestrictedly. Without restraint or constraint. In liberal or abundant measure. Bountifully. Lavishly. In a liberal spirit. Generously. Unconditionally. Unreservedly. Do you like the word? He frankly, this particular lesson, he frankly forgave them both. God forgave two sinners. One, a scandalous sinner. The other, a self-righteous sinner. Simon is not forgiven. This is purely a lesson for Simon to answer the question and condemn himself. Because he hadn't even shown a little bit of love to the Lord Jesus Christ while she was showing so much. He hadn't shown any. And so the Lord reminds him of what she had done and what he had not done. He asks Simon in verse 42, the last half, Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? And he answers correctly. And so he turns and he compares the two, Simon and the woman. Simon... You know, look at this woman. I came in your house. I came to your house. This little shack that you think is a house, I came to eat a meal with you. And when I came, you didn't even provide water for my feet for me to wash my own feet, which was common in both Testaments. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. I come into your house this little shack that you call a house, and every one of us lives in a shack. You gave me no kiss. A common greeting in both Testaments. Did Romans 16, 16 end with, greet one another with an holy kiss? Common in that culture. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Oh, This is no perfunctory peck on the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. She is at His feet and staying at it because she was adoring Him passionately because she had been forgiven her sins and she understood the forgiveness of her sins. She understood that her sins were great. She understood that her sins were many. She understood that she had nothing to pay. And He had paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Right. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. It was a dry climate. Psalm 104 tells us that God gave us oil. God gave them oil more than He gave it to us for the dry climate that dried out their skin and their scalp. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment, specially prepared, 
sweet-smelling, attractive ointment. Wherefore, the lesson I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Not forgiven right then. They have been forgiven. They're already forgiven. Simon, why are you looking at her and saying that I must not be a prophet because I'm letting this sinner touch me? She's already forgiven. Can't you tell that by your own answer? Because she loved much. Don't let that for disturb you or distract you. The lesson carries, the lesson of the context carries the grammar as it always does in English or any language. She was already forgiven. He is just pointing something out to Simon that Simon didn't recognize and Simon didn't understand, considering her a present sinner. Her sins are forgiven. For she loved much. Her much love showed she was already forgiven. Why do you think she's here? Look at what I've done in her heart. Look at her humility. Look at her passion. Look at her adoration of the Son of God. Look at her superiority to you. Oh, brethren, it's my job to protect this table. It's your job to protect this table with me. We don't want any Simons at this table. Our Lord does not deserve Simons around Him. Get down off your high horse. You are all a bunch of ugly, sinful, scum-filled wretches. We all deserve an eternal hell and we have nothing to pay. Your life, the best of you, is trash. Even us foolish sinners could sit down and pick your life to shreds and show you the insanity of the way you live. Every one of you. Humble yourself. Let's get down on our hands and knees with the woman. Let's think about our sins. I crucified the Lord of glory. I nailed Him to the cross. I had nothing to pay for my sins. My sins were capital offenses. And before you get haughty against me, so were yours. And so are yours. Help us, Lord, to be like the woman. Wherefore I say unto thee, Simon, her sins, which are many, that you know about, so you could recognize her as a sinner, are forgiven. Because look what she's doing. She's showing the much love for having been forgiven the many sins. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Since you think that you're just a little sinner, and therefore you've only been forgiven a little, you only show a little love. I can't even find that. Jesus didn't say Simon showed him a little love. Jesus just is appealing to his lesson that the debtor with the least forgiven is only going to love a little because Simon didn't think he was much of a sinner. Who in here doesn't know that you're much of a sinner? Do you need Romans 1 preached to you again? You say, well, I ain't no sodomite. Well, in Romans chapter 1, our beloved brother Paul said that sodomy is inconvenient, and then he said that disobedience to parents is inconvenient. 
You're just like a sodomite. I am just like a sodomite. I love the woman. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Now this is, this is the glory of the gospel. They had been forgiven before the world began. In the eternal purpose of God, they were forgiven at the cross, which had not occurred yet. They were forgiven when she was born again. They were forgiven when she repented and went under the waters, either by John or by the disciples of Jesus Christ, in a baptism of repentance, looking forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. She knew that she had been forgiven. She had taken the baptism of repentance. Context, trust me for the moment. She had been baptized with the baptism of repentance because the publicans and harlots went into the kingdom of God before you Pharisees. That's the context. Now, she's not content just to have been baptized. She wants to come and find the Lord Jesus Christ and give Him some personal worship and some personal thanksgiving and some personal adoration. And I hope that all of us want to do that as we come to this table. The Lord does not want us to drive what we do by feelings. We want to drive it by faith. But we also want to look at our sins and realize how much we've been forgiven and let it drive our feelings. Some may say to me, "It's once we've been forgiven, we shouldn't ever think about our sins again. Would you turn to Ezekiel chapter 16, Ezekiel 16. Are you familiar with the event here? The spiritual adultery of Israel. The woman that God chose and blessed her to become a beautiful woman and she used her beauty in false religion. And it's a wonderful chapter. The first 15 verses describe her heinous crimes against her husband. Beginning at about verse 15, it runs all the way down through verse 59. We have another 44 verses or so that describe her wickedness. And then the Lord says in verse 60, Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant, but I want to come to verse 63. Let's get verse 62. I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, that thou mayest remember and be confounded and never open thy mouth any more because of thy shame when I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done, saith the Lord God. I am turning you to that verse only for this purpose of what I am telling you that it is a proper to remember your sins on an occasion like this in order for you to love the Savior like you should. This woman was forgiven. She went to show her grief and her shame for her sins and her appreciation for being forgiven just like the Lord says here, after I am appeased and pacified toward thee, you will always be quiet before me except to worship me because you're going to be confounded and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame, even though God is pacified toward them in all that thou hast done. It is profitable for us not to think that we're still under the weight of those sins and and it's going to be difficult getting into heaven, not because we're still under the weight of those sins and God's going to chasten us, but to be ashamed for what we've done to the Lord of glory. Lest we would be anything like Simon the Pharisee, we want to be like the woman and feel the full shame of everything we've ever done, thought, or said against the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And we come to him in that combination of shame, of humility, of thankfulness, of appreciation, of adoration and praise, and it's all mixed together, flowing from our eyes in tears, making our lips formed in kisses to adore him and to anoint him because he's the savior of sinners and the friend of sinners. Go in peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand. By faith as well in Romans 5 for five verses, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. There is always more peace and there's always more joy and there's always more hope for a Christian the farther we get down and meet at the feet of Jesus and worship him and thank him for forgiving us our heinous sins. Notice, he says to her twice. Once, he's speaking to Simon, but he said to her, I mean, he's, he now see, he switches in verse 48, he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. In verse 50, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. My brethren, Jesus loves losers. And it's a shame that we have given him such an opportunity to love us by being losers. Learn that Jesus Christ was sent as a Savior for sinners, and any other role is far less. You know, he is the King of kings. He is the Prince of the kings of this earth. But he came as a Savior. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That is the role that you need the most, and that is the role that should bless you the most, especially you. Especially me. How can I delight in Him as the High King of Heaven without first meeting Him as the friend of sinners? I want to be at His feet. He is no friend of Pharisees. He took apart Simon in front of the company that Simon had around that table to the honor of the woman. If this man were a prophet, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Is that good enough for proving that you're a prophet? To read a man's mind instantly? More than a prophet. The Son of God. Do not think that you have fewer sins than others. The thought that you have fewer sins than others is a sin likely worse than their Worst sins. Right. You should love this woman. Amen. Oh Lord, help us. What are you hiding in your heart that you think no one sees? Jesus knows you better than you do. If you partake of this communion without all-out humility, affection, and devotion to Jesus Christ, you are like Simon. You cannot kiss and wash his dirty feet. Those feet were filthy of the Lord Jesus Christ because Simon hadn't provided the water. That's real foot washing. Dirty feet. No exchange of washing feet. And doing them with tears and lips. Oh, do you want to be a real foot washer? You can show the Lord right now. But you can remember him lovingly in the way that he chose. And the way that he chose is the Lord's Supper. How do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? You keep his commandments. That's what he said. 
Some of you may despise confessions and testimonies of great sinners in our church. I hope it isn't true because you're probably lost. How in the world could anyone despise someone that gets in this pulpit if they wanted to get up here every Sunday and thank the Lord for saving them from their sins? You that never mention your faults, your failures, your sinfulness to anyone or before the church, you know, if we just look at the evidence, you're probably lost. Because you're, you're not looking like the woman. And I want us all to look like the woman. You say, well, the Lord's given you a vantage to look more like the woman than me. I have two things for you, Simon. One, you're going to meet the Lord and wish you'd had a different attitude. And two, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Because I know I'm the least. But He's the greatest. And though a great sinner, I have a great Savior. Amen. Though forgiven, and those of us who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, been baptized in His name, and have brought forth the fruits that prove regeneration and salvation, though we're forgiven, in the presence of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, His, His holiness makes us think again right. upon our sinfulness. Like with the woman. It's good to remember our sins, to honor our Savior for forgiving us. Now we come to the Lord's table knowing that we're forgiven. But we should come asking the Lord to bless us to walk away even more forgiven. In our hearts, in our minds, even more forgiven. Go in peace. Thy faith hath saved thee. Thy sins are forgiven. She needed to hear that from the Lord. And she heard it. And she heard it twice. I love this woman. And God in His infinite wisdom chose that on the pages of Luke 7 we find that about this woman and about this man. We, were all, we will all meet the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not want any of us to hear Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. No! No! You do not want him asking you any questions. You want him saying, Welcome into the joy of thy Lord, my good and faithful servant. Thy sins are forgiven. Your name's in the book of life. And so right now, we're going to sing two songs. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. We have got to choose to think, I am, I do not want to be like Simon. I want to be like the woman. I have no righteousness to pay a thing. I am totally broke. I am a debtor. I belong to cast, I, be, I should be cast into the prison made for the enemies of God. To think about some of your sins and how we shame the Lord so that we can thank Him and appreciate Him for dying for those sins and saying, Thy sins, though they're many, Though they're scandalous, though they were heinous, though they were presumptuous, though they were repeated, are forgiven. Come to my table and rejoice with me 
and we'll kiss His feet. We'll wipe them with the hairs of our head as we take the bread and the wine. May the Lord bless the man and the woman of Luke 7 to your hearts and your minds. And the Lord Jesus Christ most of all. Amen. Amen.